Hello and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. No, I'm kidding. It's so last year. I'm sorry. I yeah, you're crazy. You, you, you've lost your mind. <laughs> or welcome back, folks. It's a Monday. I'm allowed to lose my mind once a week. Yeah. I usually, I usually find it around Sunday and then lose it again sometime Sunday evening. It's perfect. Yeah, you had kind of a, a day. I mean, just a day. I thought I had a, all the free time in the world, and then I didn't. That happens, you know. So, yeah, that's an unfortunate position to be in, because this week we're going to begin tackling yet another topic that's rather large and important and complicated Tiny. and nuanced. and Easy peasy. I've had zero time to prepare. So we'll see where it goes. It'll be fun. I mean, you hold a lot of information in your head. I do. It's, I'm a plethora of useless information. So hopefully some of that becomes relevant as we move forward. All right. So we are over here, of course, going to discuss this little issue we have. I mean, as a globe, climate change, I'll just say. Climate change. Yeah. I'm so glad you said climate change and not global warming because that's just a sticking point for me. I never liked that term. I, well, I didn't either because, in my opinion, global warming um, was more of an industry than a concern. And that has led us to a point now where a lot of people think climate change is just bullshit and nonsense because they feel like they've played this game already um, to the tune of you know making people wealthy and rich instead of protecting the one planet we have until Elon gets us over to Mars. I mean, <laughs> you, you know. know. So um, we're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I, you know, a couple of people over the years have said to me, well, you know, it's, I don't believe it's man-made, whatever, whatever term you want to use, you know, whatever these things happen, it's a natural thing. Yeah, and, and, and those are all valid arguments. They are, but it, regardless, even if it was, like, I don't, I don't give a shit who's causing whatever, what, you know, it could be Martians for all I care, right? <laughs> Nothing against Martians. Sorry, Martians. We know you're out there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we know we can maybe fix a thing, what, why, like... It would make it, sense it, to it, fix it, you it, know. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we create these treatments and cures for disease all the time. And nobody seems to bat an eye when they cure grandma's cancer. But if we want to protect the environment, well, that's just silly leftist bullshit or what have you, you know. Yeah, whatever they um, argue about. Yeah. No, but you no, know, I think it's fair to argue that climate change is a naturally occurring thing. You know, the, the planet goes through periods of ice ages and extreme warmth and heat. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't contribute to the volatility in the short term. And we can't contribute to uh, mitigating some of that uh, to, you know, make life more comfortable for us human beings here on the planet and everything else. I mean, you can sit around and deny and whatever, argue the science and this and that and the other, or you can just sort of go, huh, do I think these things are becoming more frequent and more intense? I'm going to go with probably. I mean, for I the mean, time being, you know, California catches on fire when the wind blows the wrong way these days. They ran out of like, we're having twenty-seven they, they, hurricanes a year. Twenty-seven? The no, they, they ran out of alphabet letters in the, in the Greek. <laughs> they, what was that whole thing? It's like now we got to, you know, 
Yeah, norm- normally, you know, we, we start with A, we get to H or J, and then that season's over. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, now we have to use a whole other alphabet system because there's, you know, a lot of storms. We record in North Carolina, so we're, we're pretty sensitive when it comes to um, hurricanes. And there always seems, it's not, it's no longer like there's one out there looking at us. It's like, well, there's three. <laughs> we have four different tropical storm systems Yeah, off the East Coast and two developing rapidly in the Gulf. And, you know, you just go, well, it's going to be a shitty month over here. I will say, and nothing against the weather people or whatever. I do actually think the science behind all of that and the tracking has gotten pretty, pretty impressive in terms of the warning the time. We, I mean, they don't always get it right, but, you know. Yeah, it's far more sophisticated than it was 20, even 10 years ago or five years ago. Uh, like so many technologies, it's constantly evolving and improving. Yeah. So I guess before we get into this, I mean, this is, this is, this is to get my, just the interesting thing with this is just wrapping my brain around this idea that this is, this is the parties involved, the people that need to be a party to some, I mean, just, it's a global effort. I don't think that this has never happened before. Um, very few occasions throughout human history. I would, I would say, have we all had a common cause? Yeah, I can't. I mean, you mentioned the dinosaurs had a common cause. <laughs> yeah, but if the dinosaurs could have diverted that meteor, I bet they would have. Uh, yeah. And we're kind of faced with that, that, that sort of a quandary. It's not nearly as imminent, but I think it's more imminent than uh, most people are willing to accept. Yeah, I would, um, I would agree with you know, that. It's easy to go, well, that's 50 years in the future, 100 years. I won't be around. Who gives a shit? Yeah, what's one degree or two degrees? Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. And then turns out it's the butterfly effect. You know, It seems small and insignificant, but then the rippling waves of ramifications become greater and greater and greater and greater and you know, could end in possible catastrophe. I, I think it's yeah. reasonable to want to get ahead of these sorts of things, even if it seems silly. So do you want to take a break before we get into all these acronyms and agreements and, you know? I think that's probably a good idea because I yeah. want to take a deep breath before I get into acronyms. There you go. All right. <laughs> Sit tight, folks. We'll be right back. questions i'd take a uh, quick break yeah stepped yeah. outside to check the weather yes feeling, feeling a bit warm out there it is it is a little <laughs> warm here of course we're at the beginning of summertime but uh, i know you had a thing that you wanted you wanted to play yeah let's do this i this, mean this, this was a thorn in your side and lord knows you bitched and bitched about it and so if you haven't heard the news folks Uh, We'll just listen to this. Rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement, putting the United States back in a position to exercise exercise global leadership and advancing the objectives of the ambitious agreement. Sorry. It's impressive. That was the first official press briefing, January 20th, 2021. And that, of course, is uh, Jen Psaki. Yeah, I, I remember that happening rapidly. 
you know, after the inauguration. I didn't realize it was <laughs> basically one of the first bits of news to come out of the new administration in the White House. Two minutes and 40 some odd seconds in to a 30 some odd minute press briefing. Yeah. Yeah, it's I was pretty impressive. Very it, happy to it's, hear it's that. It's indicative of, of the level of importance, um, at least that this administration has assigned. Yes. To rejoining that accord. Yes. Um, which is probably ultimately a good thing. You think? Yeah, well, you know, us and 196 other countries are part of this. We weren't for a short time, but we are again now. 197 parties, actually. Well, us and 196. Oh, yeah, that's uh, fair yes. enough. Um, so this is, this even wrapping my mind around just how, what, what a massive thing this is. So for folks that know this, um, forgive me, I'm going to reiterate some stuff for folks that are, learning this like I have in the last day or two. The Paris Agreement, all right, was basically the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. So they propped a thing up and then basically had to come up with all these parameters. How are we going to do this? Like, is it a thing? Can we all be in agreement? Yada, yada, yada. Globally. And the list of countries and parties... I mean, it, everybody didn't jump on board right away, but yes. now you look at it and you're like, wow, you could actually do a thing, but that's just a lot of cats to herd. <laughs> it, it, it really is, but it's it's also kind of fascinating to me. You know, we've had a couple of, we call them world wars, um, but they weren't even world wars in the sense right. that this many countries were involved. And of course, in, in, in the concept of war, we have opposition. So even though a number of countries participated, there were opposing sides. Uh, so this really is, in modern history, one of the very few, if not the only. I don't think like, any, I collective don't, effort where we all have the same problem and we all want to get. It. I, I mean, we had one last year too, right? Uh, with with COVID nineteen. I mean, fair and enough. A pandemic yeah. where everybody was kind of on the same page as well. Uh, so let's not discount that, but. That's a very good point. This thing is, uh, you know, it's not often we see almost or nearly global cooperation towards a common goal. Uh, so I hope something productive can come out of this. Yes. Moving forward. If the dinosaurs had a little bit of science and they could talk to each other and get along, you know, maybe they would have... Well, I mean, just feel Di bad for them. I mean, if, if there were Jewish dinosaurs with space lasers... They, would have, zapped, they yeah. would have zapped the meteorite out of the sky and it would have been fine, but that's neither here nor there. Folks, we have had some people, you know, who actually get time on, you know, face space and stuff like this that have actually gone on about their theories behind fire in California. And I, <laughs> I truly don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting theory. It, it, it's rather it truly. interesting. It, I didn't mean to divert the conversation. I was simply yeah. making a joke. But yeah, if you're not familiar, just look up the space lasers. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is all actually, the other impressive thing is that this didn't take them a long time, right? So there was a census reached uh, 12th of December, 2015. And then basically, this is kind of funny, 1st of April, 2016. Mm. Mm. Joke's on you. Yeah. United States and China signed on to this thing. 
which uh, collectively it says here produces about 40% of all global emissions. So it's kind of, it's important to have those, those countries. If we're doing 40%. Yeah. And let's be honest, at least probably 50% of what China's doing is funded by U.S. industry yeah, and manufacturing. Right? Yeah. And the other way too. And I get it. it it's, it's, it, it, to, but to wrap your head around this, and I get there's environmental and, you know, they, they, we run on oil and people are like, well, we do a thing. But again, we need some diversity in the portfolio globally, you know, a little bit of wind, a little bit of solar, a little bit of hydroelectric. Yeah. It's very, it's actually really fascinating. Like one of the biggest, um, trying to think of the podcast I was listening to this weekend. Cause that's what I do. I do yard work and stuff. Um, they were pointing out that methane, you know, is kind of a big contributor and one of the fastest ways to like fix this problem is just to fix the leaks. Yes. Like the deliver, like the whole, the, the infrastructure that's there that delivers methane is like, it's a little leaky. Yeah. It, because yeah. as humans, when we build a thing, we, we maintain them well enough to function, mm-hmm. but not well enough to function at a hundred percent because there are certain costs and expenses associated and we'd rather pocket that money and go on vacation. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Like, I think it's really hard for people to actually wrap their head around like a lot of this stuff, like I'm reading through it and I'm, I'm, you know, I went to a favorite site of mine, which is usafacts.org. If anybody wants to look this up, environment and climate. Yes. And, and not, not a criticism of them, but you know, when you see this stuff in the, the news or how people, you know, get their information, a lot of this stuff is a little alarmist. I mean, it should be, but I think people get a little, yeah, you, you know. in, in, like so much in, in the world of news and in journalism these days, we're competing for attention. Yeah. So that we have these clickbait headlines that people will either brush over because it seems so sensational or they'll get terrified by jumping in with that <laughs> framework and context. Um, I understand why it's done, but I think it's a little ridiculous because oftentimes behind a sensational headline, are some reasonable facts. Yeah. And the facts, the facts are quite dry. I mean, you know, that you go over here to USA facts. It's like 2020 was the second warmest year on record. Okay. That's just a fact. You know, I just absorb that as a fact and go, hmm, that's kind of, you know, they've been tracking since, you know, the pre 1900. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a trend. Yeah. It's, yeah. Things are, things are incrementally getting warmer. And, you know, this, the whole Paris Agreement is simply figuring out how to mitigate that increase. Yeah, and I mean, there's some brilliant strategies that are used and stuff that comes into this. And then the other component is, I mean, besides like, you know, human beings not being able to, you know, exist, at least as we know them, yeah. um, is, is just the economic impact. Like some of that stuff is just, I can't even wrap my mind around it. It's so fucking staggering. Like the flood maps and the insurance companies are like, yeah, we're just not going to insure this stuff anymore. Yeah. It's too you, risky. You, you went from a moderate risk to an extreme risk. Sorry about your luck. Yeah. It, it, you know, and in, in what do you do in these areas? Because if they continue flooding or burning, you have to move these yeah. people somewhere and that's going to have impact down the line and so on and so forth. And you just, it's a domino effect. You know, things start to fall apart. 
And again, so if, you know, we go back to this, right? So this was really, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, you know, from 2015 till, you know, 2017, you know, now they got, you know, they've kind of put a thing together. That's what pissed me off so much about when this country basically indicated that they were getting out of this agreement. It was so antithetical that it, it blew my mind because the, the purpose is to actually maintain economies, I don't know, human beings, right? <laughs> life like, as we know life it. Life as we know it. And, and it just seemed like you put this massive thing together. We have a seat at probably the head of the table. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe the side. It's pretty, you're going to get served first, I would think, you know, doing a thing. But turns out, turns out. It's just to walk away from that. Like somehow I'm like, no, nah, it's not happening. No biggie. And the irony is not lost on me that this was spearheaded by people that very much want to preserve life as they know it. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? No, absolutely. I won't, I won't go any further into that thought, but. So you brought up a really interesting thing that popped into your head when we we're going to dive into Yeah, we're subject. talking about climate change and I've always loved this. So, you know. I'm sure most everybody out there is familiar with the works of Michael Crichton and one in particular, Jurassic Park, had this brilliant preface. Um, I would read the entire thing, but it's a bit lengthier than I had initially remembered and recalled. But it does open with this line. You think man can destroy the planet? What intoxicating vanity. And that's a brilliant little hook. Uh, to go, do you, you think you think we're going to fuck up this planet? No. And he spends, you know, a few hundred words going over the history of the planet and life on this planet as, as we know it and as existed before our time. And so it kind of almost reads initially as like man has no effect on the weather and has no effect on the climate. But then as you read further and further, it almost comes across as a thinly veiled warning. Um, and let me find. Yeah, I like place the last here. part of that. Yeah, the last part. So again, if you if you folks want to look this up, it's uh, there are recordings of this preface on YouTube. I think one is Charlton Heston uh, reading the thing. But if I can find my place, it ends with this. I like the ending a lot. Yeah. In the thinking of a human being, a hundred years is a long time. A hundred years ago, we didn't have cars, airplanes, computers, or vaccines. It was a whole different world. But to the earth, a hundred years is nothing. A million years is nothing. This planet lives and breathes on a much vaster scale. We can't imagine its slow and powerful rhythms and we haven't got the humility to try. We've been residents here for the blink of an eye. If we're gone tomorrow, the earth will not miss us. Yeah, it's powerful. It's, it's pretty powerful. You know, and again, the ego of an individual, let alone seven billion of us collectively, because we're kind of the apex everything on this planet, you know, we just, we don't give a shit. We're like, we're humans. We, yeah. we do what we want, when we want. Yeah. And, you know, fuck the rest of it. And so every time I go back and read that, I get something new out of, out of the whole piece where I go, hmm, 
hmm, maybe he's on to something there. No, absolutely. I think because you actually read that whole thing during the break, well, the break that we took. And um, it's kind of interesting because it comes from a couple of different angles. And you're like, yeah, it's sort of a, like a little piece of a really big thing. And maybe we need some humility. Yes, yes. Like stop, pump the brakes and recognize yeah. that in the grand scheme of things, we are relatively insignificant. Yeah, so I don't doubt that this is going to be, it, this is going to be, the reason we decided to cover this topic is because, A, it touches on pretty much everything. You know, humans, life, all sorts of stuff. But there's some really good information that's coming out, um, you know, if it's not sensationalized. And then just some of the economic impact and then just some of the suffering that people are going to have to go through, you know, when stuff floods out or people yeah. have to migrate from one country to another country. I mean, it's just it's, one area it, to another. It's devastating, right? Food supply, you know, if, if we ever got to a point yeah, where it became more difficult no to grow crops and, and sustain the food supply, yeah. well, it all falls apart then. Yeah, you think the pandemic showed us a few things about supply chain? That's what, that, that was a, like a dress rehearsal for <laughs> hmm, insurance yeah. companies, supply chain, Calamity will ensue. You know, you input know, some, pressures and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, and it's 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 impacted us. It's impacted us when it comes to fuel prices or energy prices or food prices. Lumber, food. Lumber, it, all Everything was affected by a pandemic. And it's not like we didn't have the resources. We just simply couldn't move them effectively. Yeah. And God knows the number of times I was on the phone calling people going, do you know where I can find something to wipe my ass? Yeah, exactly. Um, because, again... To Crichton's point, we we tend to have a little bit of a selfish, egotistical, dare I say, greedy nature as humans. And uh, in the long run, I think that's going to really bite us in the ass. Yeah, and this is weird because it's this, this, this um, collective view, you know, under the Paris Climate Agreement. I don't really see a lot of carrot and stick. It's just like, we, we got a problem, folks. And again, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting. This may be a very interesting experiment to see if we can actually get the globe on the same page. Yeah. But this was, I'll just throw this out there. This was an interesting thing I came across today. Um, basically, according to Swiss Re, which is a major insurance provider, you know, climate change could cost a lot of money. I mean, it's in the trillions of trillions of trillions of dollars of what they're estimating. So I guess that's the stick. Is, is there an actual number? Yeah, twenty-three trillion by twenty. Trilli- by twenty fifty. That's 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 a pretty significant number. It's kind of big. I mean, that's you know, it's not good. I mean, there, there'll be winners and losers, right? But I wouldn't. There want to always be, are. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be on the losing end of that. And when you when you actually dig into the data, and then New York Times reported out a really good article back in late April, which I can't get back through. I had it up my screen, and then the paywall came up. Thank you. Um, but it was very good. It was informative. Yeah. You know, sort of just looking at the general aspects of how this impacts poorer nations, richer nations, and how we got to do a thing. Yeah, and, and get it, along. It's so interesting to me that this particular topic meets so much resistance. I don't get it. Of all the, it's 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 like last year, you know. With the mask arguments, like there are simple 
individual sacrifices we can make that aren't even that inconvenient at all. That, you know, just do the right thing Well, in, from it, time it, to time. I think I brought up this weekend. Again, you know, I listen to podcasts on the weekend and, and I'd heard a really interesting, and I'm paraphrasing here, this quote. And I recognize that, you know, the world is not a democracy. But No, it is not. Democracies that exist exist to, you know, basically protect their freedom. That's a collective freedom. And to have that collective freedom, it's incumbent on everyone at some point in time to give up a thing or sacrifice. Yes. We can't just, you know, yeah, the freedom, expect 10% of the people is not owned do. by the individual. Right. It's owned by the, the collective. Yes. As a society, we, we have freedom. And now, I love that point. And it was, the, it was it's, it's, it's like a micro macro level. Like on the macro level, we have freedom on the day to day going about your life. We all have to make concessions and sacrifices. This is why we have speed limits. Right. This is why we have fucking seat belts. This is why we have laws. Because if you truly were free, you could just go murder everybody you want to willy nilly without consequence. Right. Or, the alternative is somebody can just come and murder you. And I guess if you're really about that, then that's cool. Yeah. No However, for a society to work, we do need to make those concessions. Yeah, it was, it was, it was poignant and, um, you know, it made me think this week or this weekend. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. It really does Little, because we never think about it yeah. in those terms, you know. And we, we, we all do it, right? I mean, but knowingly or unknowingly, you make a little sacrifice every day. Well, mm -hmm. Maybe you don't. Maybe you speed every day. Whatever, right? But, you know. Yeah. Some people do. Some people don't. It's, right. it's do enough people participate. To make a thing. Yeah. And, and that's and what it really good. boils down yeah. to. It just, to me, it's, it's just frustrating that people choose what to buck up against. You know, um, and then again. And some of it a, just doesn't make any logical sense. Like, why would... It, theoretically speaking, if the planet's going to become inhospitable, we should all fucking want to prevent that because we live here and there's not another option, but people want to make a, a political issue about it or they just want to speak from a place of absolute and utter ignorance because they're just echo chambering something they heard no, just somebody say. And it, like, stop and consider it at least. First, because preserving the planet you live on is, you, you, you wouldn't just let your house burn down. You'd try and put the fire out yeah. because you live there. All these people, if the house caught on fire, they'd grab the garden hose or something. They would attempt, unless they're overinsured, right. but they would do that. But when it comes to a, a collective whole, you know, they, they want to think in terms of, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not part of that hive mind. I'm not a sheep. You know, and it's like the thinking stops there and it's so frustrating. It's and, so frustrating. And I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an environmental scientist or, you know, most of this stuff sort of makes sense and there's percentages and all sorts of numbers. But again, like I remarked when we first started recording, I don't really care what what's causing this. I just care that it's been identified that it's problematic. Yeah, so I don't really give happening. a fuck what's, whether or not whether whether one country is doing it, another country. I don't. I don't care. Or we're doing it or at all. Exactly. You know, it, let's just let's if we can just fix take the thing. it at face value that it's the natural ebb and flow of things. Yeah. We have no impact on it whatsoever as human beings. 
Nothing we're doing is impacting this. It's still happening. And right. frankly, I don't want to live in a world that's extremely hot or extremely cold. We don't do well in those environments as human beings. So anything we could do to mitigate that is a good thing that benefits everyone. Right. And any other stance just seems ridiculous to me. Again, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, hopefully we are part of the problem. Because that, that seems to me like an easier solve. Yes. Right? I mean, yeah, I, 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 I would rather go, well, we are doing some things to exacerbate the conditions. And we can alter our behavior to slow this process down. Which, again, is the whole point of this agreement. It's not to stop it or reverse it. Correct. It's simply to slow things down. It's to buy time. Well, then, and stop the frequency and intensity. So yes. you can just kind of, you know, that whatever you want to visualize that as, like a, you know, a wave. Yeah. If that wave is a little spread a little further apart, it gives people time to rebuild and think and adapt, raise street, whatever you got to do, right? Mm -hmm. Change the materials used to build houses and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. It buys time for adaptation. Correct. So, yeah. anyhow, folks, you want to leave it there? Yeah, I think on that note. Yeah, and we'll 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 dig into this a little further again, yeah, as I mentioned. We'll, it's, we will definitely be revisiting this topic. Yeah. I can't imagine that we won't. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. All right. Until next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts.